0: irreverent entertaining cool you're listening to la talk radio you're listening to all things therapy with lisa tahir only on la talk radio hello there and welcome to all things therapy i'm your host Lisa Ta here, and I want to thank you for joining in today, listening either live or listening in after this show is out and it's archived. And I want to direct you to my website, nolatherapy.com. I am available to work with you right now through virtual sessions on phone, Skype, FaceTime, and Zoom. I also have an online class having to do with psycho-spiritual tools that you can learn from me if you don't already know them or strengthen your connection to them. It's things like how to use a pendulum, how to meditate, the value of mentorship, um, how to create and establish a morning routine that you can practice and do from wherever you are, if you're traveling, if you're sleeping out somewhere, or just at home on a regular start of your day. That is all at NOLA Therapy, as well as the links to buy my new book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness, endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. So I'd love for you to find all of that and take what works for you at nolatherapy.com. Let me just glance at my notes. I think that is everything here. Okay, my guest today is really excellent. We are going to hear from Dr. Ron Kaiser. He is a psychologist in private practice, and he supervises the Jefferson Headache Center at at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. Dr. Kaiser is also a clinical associate professor in the Department of Neurology at Jefferson Medical College. He's an international speaker and presenter at conferences around the world. And he's published numerous articles, papers, and books. And he hosts the podcast that I was a guest on called The Mental Health Gym. And that's also Dr. Kaiser's website, thementalhealthgym.com. If you like to follow along while we speak with each other, And his work promotes achievement and happiness through mental fitness, which is a notion that I really love. And I just finished reading his book that we're going to discuss, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. And Dr. Kaiser talks a lot in his work about how we don't have to be defined by our age, whether that's an age that you perceive yourself to be really young or old. And with that, I just want to welcome you, Dr. Ron, for taking your time to be with us today.
1: Well, it's a pleasure being with you, Lisa. I really enjoyed speaking with you on my podcast, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
0: I am, too. And I wondered, you know, you talk a lot about mindset and tools, which I really appreciate, and incorporating certain principles and activities is it a place to start for you to define for us what is Rejuvenating, the, the title of your book?
1: Yes. Uh, it. Uh, the subtitle is actually called The Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. And I really try to emphasize enthusiasm because I think that society has kind of defined the senior years as kind of years of decline. Uh, and who can get enthusiastic about declining. You get enthusiastic about growing. And so I've tried to to redefine that so that the emphasis is uh, utilizing what we know from science today, particularly the science of neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to change, and what we know from the field of positive psychology to help people to not just maintain or to try and stem the decline, but to actually thrive.
0: Yes and Dr. Ron, that was another a second point that I had to ask you you well you've coined goal achievement psychotherapy goal achievement psychology and you incorporate positive psychology into your work Can you help us understand what that is?
1: Sure again positive psychology in general is that that branch of psych Psychology and, and it's a fairly new one. Past two or three decades that, that people have really been looking at this. Uh, historically, psychology, just like medicine, has been looking more at disease or abnormalities and working to get people back to normal or neutral or whatever term you may want. If somebody uh, historically would come to a psychologist and they're having a problem with panic attacks, for example. Uh, If we managed to control the panic attacks, then our job was done. If somebody came with depressed mood and we got them out of that low mood status, then we considered ourselves, uh, our job done. The reality is that people can thrive. It's uh, one of the reasons I call my approach uh, the mental health gym approach is that it's kind of the equivalent of going to the gym you don't have to be out of shape to go go to the gym and you don't reach a point where you say okay now i'm in shape i don't have to go anymore so the thing is that psychology from a positive standpoint is something that works on thriving and flourishing and continuing throughout the lifespan. Historically, again, we've looked at disease and tried to bring people into neutral. Instead, our emphasis in positive psychology is to look at who's doing really well and how do we get other yeah. people to, to reach that point? And I think it's a natural in, say, working with the population that I'm working with, both in the, the headache center and with uh, people who are growing older.
0: Well. Dr. Ron, I really like your comparison and like a synergistic approach of the mental health gem and the physical health gem, because like you just said a few moments ago, that working out, it does get easier with time physically. And it is something that is lifelong and it builds upon itself. And I think for us, for listeners to really view our mental health, in the same way that it builds with time, it gets easier to feel better once you adopt certain practices in your life that, that you utilize every day. And I know you talk about um, specific, I have all these notes here, the keys, seven keys about rejuvenating and how to embrace, you know, the the benefits, even the satisfaction that come with getting older and feeling comfortable with yourself.
1: Yeah,
0: And I just
1: the, really uh, like that in your work. Sure. Um, did, did I, I interrupt? <laughs> you were going to ask something? Or no, just I, it was well, a I really the- love. Okay. Well, yeah, I was just uh,
0: trying to make a comment. I, I really love yeah. your comparison and an analogy between physical health and emotional health because they are tied together very intimately. So, wherever you would like to go from that place.
1: Sure. Well, one of the things we saw that research has demonstrated from a mental health standpoint is that as long as you're growing and developing in three main areas, uh, then age doesn't need to stand in the way or uh, physical illness or other things don't have to stand in the way. Uh, You have to go at your own pace, but we do know that if you're making changes in number one, the health and fitness area, number two, the intellectual functioning area, and number three, the social connections area, then we're setting the basis for continuing to grow and develop as human beings. And that doesn't stop at any particular age. I mentioned neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to change and uh, rewire itself to make new connections and so on. We used to think that the, the brain stopped developing Developing around age thirty, uh, and while
0: right. you know
1: people who are under thirty may may agree that that's the case, uh, the reality is that we now know that you can continue uh, to make new connections, to re, uh, make actually even create new neurons as we age. You know throughout the aging process, so it's really a doing a disservice to not you know, work on developing all of the parts of ourselves. You know, we, uh, again, from a physical standpoint, I may not be able to run as fast as I could when I was younger, but I can run a lot faster than I could if I didn't work out at it. So I think every, everybody kind of has to look at, you know, where they are and how can they do better. I mean, the, the but I think that's a, a real important Uh, message that that has to be incorporated in your thinking that goes into the mindset, which is really the first key. I think it all starts with the mindset, which is kind of the characteristic way that you look at things. And then I've broken down the the various categories like uh, health and fitness, intellectual functioning, and social connections into uh, these seven keys. Again, starting with mindset, then looking at Uh, the mind actually, or the intellect, looking at healthy eating, looking at owning your body, which is not just exercise, but also things like meditation um, and yoga and things of that nature, and social connectedness, doing good for other people, which has a tremendous amount of impact on one's ability to feel good about themselves, and then appreciating the good in the world. some of the some days, nowadays, it may seem a little hard to do that, but there's a lot of good happening, and people who grow and develop in the most effective way uh, are able to really embed that, take in the good. There is a neuropsychologist uh, in Northern California, Rick Hansen, who's uh, written a number of books in this area, and he speaks of taking in the good and not just noticing it, but actually embedding uh, when somebody does something Mm -hmm. really good for you or appreciating the time, in my case, when we get time to spend with our grandchildren or to look out at nature, which in Philadelphia today means looking out at snow since we had our first snowfall
0: yesterday. Snow, yes.
1: uh, You know, and Californians have something to appreciate, especially... uh, you know, if you live in a place with, with different seasons, otherwise you're going to be unhappy three quarters of the year.
0: Right. And, you know, I want to go back, Dr. Ron, because you brought up the neuroscience and you spoke about neuroplasticity. Your book also talks about neurogenesis. And so is if neuroplasticity is our brain's ability to remodel itself, is neurogenesis, what is that?
1: Well, that's specifically the creation of new neurons in in the hippocampus of the brain. Uh, When I was in graduate school and when many of my colleagues were in medical school, and even people who are uh, decades younger than me, uh, we we knew that birds could create uh, new neurons throughout their lifespan, but there was a feeling that uh, human beings couldn't. And we now know that they can. So that's a part of the overall neuroplasticity. And it's one of the things, I mean, there's some really fabulous findings of things that uh, uh, involve the brain, including the fact that all those things I mentioned, things like exercise, uh, things like being involved socially and uh, doing good for other people have an impact on the brain. Eating healthy has an impact on the brain so that we know that, uh, you know, it's not a a passive kind of uh, thing when when we think in terms of how the brain develops. There are things we can do for it, and that's, you know, really one of the the major driving forces uh, behind my, my book and my ideas.
0: You know, you also bring up an interesting point in your book, type A, which I tend to be, you know, really uh, assertive and driven and, and goal oriented. And then type B, which is associated with maybe letting life come more to you rather than, you know, uh, aggressively going for it. You talk about, which sounds so much more healthy to me than either of the A or B types, a personality P. P. And you talk about being personal, personally goal driven Passionate, playful, proactive, and positive. Can you talk to us about personality P?
1: Sure. Uh, you actually left out one, which I think is, I, I think you did, persistent. Uh, the, so, oh, yeah, so, I can that out. Yeah, I, I may have cheated a little bit on the first one where I said it's personal goal-driven. I probably could have just made it goal-driven, but I wanted to have them all fit P's. The other, the other P's are pretty legitimate. Uh, so it's personal goal-driven, proactive, positive, uh, passionate, persistent and playful, which is often forgotten by a lot of people. The thing that I uh, like about it, aside from the fact that I developed it is the fact that, uh, for other personality types, you really, uh, have to try to moderate, moderate them. In other words, somebody who is a driven type a personality, uh, they can accomplish a lot, but sometimes they have to guard against, say treating something like running late as being a terrible event, you know, that some, because you can't always get what you want when you want it. So that, that people who are, yeah. uh, you know, over, overly driven or people who are overly placid uh, if they want to get uh, what they want and achieve their maximum level. I think the type P personality is unique in that it's something to aspire to. I think that uh, if you look at it, there's there's nothing that really is bad about being personal goal-driven or goal-oriented. There's nothing bad about being persistent, certainly nothing bad about being playful any of these things can be uh, abused or overused, you know, if you're persistent to the extent that you don't uh, leave time for, for other people uh, uh, because you're persistent in your goal uh, and you're, you neglect family, if you're playful to the extent that you neglect other responsibilities. Any of them can be uh, Overused, But for the most part, if you can achieve a balance between six skis, you can t- be proud of what you've accomplished. And uh, again, I think this is one of the ideal personality types because it's something that you can aspire to, not just take and then modify from. <laughs>
0: Well, and I think too, Dr. Ron, it ties into your work where you talk about goal achieving psychology and achieve, achievement and happiness through mental fitness, that it all really ties in together in a way that is is less, can be less performance-based and outcome-driven and more internally sourced from how you feel, especially when you highlight the playfulness aspect of life. Would you Would you say so as well?
1: Sure. Uh, I think that goal achieving psychology or when we put it in the psychotherapy, uh, it really uh, gets its name sort of because it kind of bridges the gap, which, which is kind of the, the acronym for it, the GAP. It bridges the gap between thinking and doing. And I believe at any stage of life and at any age, uh, it's really important to have measurable goals. And again, when I work with patients, we look at making sure that they're realistic. There are, are both short-term and long-term goals. So, But if you have goals, then you can be moving in the right direction on a regular basis. I, I just think, for example, with the, the older age ranges, it's one of the things yeah. that is, is often kind of uh, overlooked and can be uh, one of the things that d- differentiates between people who are aging with enthusiasm and people who are not enthusiastic about and, and feeling in decline.
0: And so, okay, that, that raises something I notice in your book as well. You suggest for us to think about rejuvenating versus retiring with a growth mindset approach versus a fixed mindset. Is that is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: Correct. Uh, yeah, and I think that goals are a really important kind of thing. Uh, and I think that if you have the appropriate goals, there's no ideal thing whether uh, you're retiring or continue working. I think it depends a lot on, on what you plan to achieve. In other words, uh, as you've noted in in the introduction, I mean, I'm still working more than full time, but uh, when I reached the age when a lot of people retired, my wife and I sat down, we determined we were going to at least lead our lives a little bit uh, in a way that takes the best out of uh, Retirement, so that we did a, a fair amount of traveling, which we obviously don't do these days during COVID. But we've gone to lots of right. places since I was sixty-five. That uh, some of which may not particularly want to go to right now, like Moscow and uh, Istanbul and other places. Right. But we we set this as as a goal, and I mentioned in the book, retirement is one option in the rejuvenating process. And if you do retire, then it becomes important to look at what to do. Uh, I think one of the things that that really kind of converted me to try and be an advocate for this was uh, when I would see some of my peers and we we might uh, go out, uh, my wife and I, and Uh, say a friend and and his wife would go out and I'd ask, you know, what'd you do today? And he said, nothing. And I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow. And that really (laughs) you know annoyed me because I I just see that as, uh, you know, a longevity killer. If you, if you don't have goals, I think that, that it's not good for your physical health. It's not good for your mental health, not good for your social health. And because then you're letting the course of events uh, control you, and that's not what humans are about.
0: Well, and Dr. Rod, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a story of someone who retires and they don't have some of the things in place that, that you talk about with social aspects and outlets or physical health or even work that brings meaning and value, be it service work or something they just love to do, if it's writing or reading, and they decline so quickly without, you know, things in place to do. And I imagine that's something you've seen in your work and and your book really addresses. Can you speak to us about about that for the listener who's in that place or contemplating that transition?
1: Yeah, and it's a particularly timely question now because... Uh, when kind of around the same time that you start getting AARP benefits, you, uh, you know, in discounts and stuff like that, you also enter what's called a vulnerable age group. And, uh, I I think if people aren't uh, a bit concerned now with, uh, COVID-19, uh, you really want to do all you can to not increase your number of vulnerabilities. You know, one of the worst uh, things to do is to be uh, over age 60, say, and have uh, lifestyle diseases that are preventable, you know, that in many cases, yeah. and I know that there are genetic differences and so on, but in many cases, say, over, uh, obesity is is a preventable thing for a lot of people, uh, there are other kinds of disorders, both physical and uh, mental, that can be prevented by being active, or at least slowed being active. We know it's uh, kind of a, the the most ultimately vulnerable population nowadays are those who are in nursing homes, and admittedly, some of them are right. you know significantly ill and really old, but. It's another thing to kind of try to avoid as long as possible because you uh, it's possible to do so with an active body, mind, and social connectedness.
0: And Dr. Ron, one of our listeners on Instagram, Crystal, is raising a good point about having something you're working towards helps so much. She just type that into the chat. And I find that to be true. And like yourself, I also admire Deepak Chopra, and he talks about, I heard him say something at some point about he doesn't plan to ever retire because he just loves what he does so much. And likewise, you're in that place from reading your book that like when our work brings us deep meaning and purpose, that it it doesn't feel like it's so much effort. It really brings us joy and life force and energy. And how receptive are people to that notion as you've been working with them? And how did you discover that for yourself even?
1: Well, it was relatively easy for me because I always enjoyed what I was doing. And uh, then as I saw some of my friends, uh, I noticed that those who were either continuing to work at something that they enjoyed or replaced something that they didn't enjoy with either some volunteer activity or continuing to learn things of that nature. I saw that there was quite a, a difference, uh, in, in their outlook their mental health. Uh, also, uh, I began to notice, uh, you know, some of the research on this, let's let's be practical. The uh there are a lot of people who uh enter the workforce, say in their mid twenties by the time they finish school or graduate school or playing around right. for a while. So it may be their mid or late twenties. They may retire around sixty. And um right now for at at age sixty five, unless COVID has destroy the figures altogether, you can expect another 18 to 20 years of active life. And for some people they'll retire right. at 60, maybe live to 90 or 95 or a hundred as more people are doing now, they may spend more years in retirement than they actually did when, when they were working at their primary wow. job and to, uh, you know, accept the fact that, Hey, every day I'm going to wake up and my biggest challenge will be, uh, you know, what am I going to have for breakfast or uh, I'm going to sit down with TV and not have any idea what I'm going to watch uh, because I don't have anything better to do. You know, I mean, it it doesn't take a lot of uh, imagination to recognize that, that this isn't good for your brain and it isn't good for your body. Right. So that I think, you know, again, Deepak uh, really sets a, a, a tone for for many of us to really rethink this fact that, hey, we've got yes. to block a time that for many people is going to be uh, nearly as long or as long as they worked and to not assume that we're going to be active. And, and uh, admittedly, not everybody enjoys their work, but there are other alternatives that they can enjoy. And it's a great time for learning at this point. We've never been able to have more access to learning than we do on, on the internet.
0: Oh, certainly, Dr. Ron. And you know what? With that, I'm I'm going to do our commercial break. I'm so caught up in our conversation that I almost forgot it. So if you don't mind giving me a couple minutes, I'll come back to our conversation afterwards. I'll be here. So for listeners, awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> Y'all, I have a wonderful new sponsor that I've gotten to personally work with. And I want to offer you a technique for weight loss and food Cravings by a practitioner who's been featured in Psychology Today, Shape, Women's Health, and Fitness magazines. Brittany Watkins' system is based upon EFT tapping, which interrupts the encoding of memory in your brain and reprograms your brain and body so that food cravings to things like chocolate, ice cream, junk food, alcohol, and such... Cease to exist for you. And this puts you in control of your health and your weight as a byproduct. And Brittany is offering you as my listener her think and thin tapping system for 50% off at pushthefoodaway.com The code, the promo code to use is therapy50. And I worked worked with her on a food craving, and I haven't had desire for that food. And The most exciting part was that I gained understanding of what was underlying that craving, the childhood memory that made it so appealing to me. So I don't need to go to that anymore for self-soothing. And you will get an easy-to-follow step-by-step formula to end cravings and stress eating permanently in less than seven minutes. So to go check this out, go to PushTheFoodAway.com and use promo code therapy fifty to take 50% off her program that's helped over 100,000 women cure their unhealthy relationship to and with food. If you're experiencing a disruption emotionally, it's easy right now to be in that place, something that might be interfering with your happiness. My long-term sponsor, BetterHelp.com, is offering you 10% off to try them out for a month. And they're an online HIPAA-compliant therapy-based platform for both video and phone sessions. You can connect with a counselor in less than 24 hours. You can request a new counselor if you feel like the one that you're connected with isn't a good fit. And I worked with them as a practitioner when I first went out to California. So it's some really great practitioners out there that you can work with. And they are more cost-effective than traditional psychotherapists. They offer financial aid if you need that. So go check them out at betterhelp.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy. And I'll just spell it B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash A-T-T. And check them out. Dr. Ron. I'm here. So in getting back... Yes, yes. And getting back to your work, you know, I think your book is really helpful for people who are younger, because like you were just saying before the commercial break, we have time to to plan for what our life, what we want it to look like when we're older. And like you said, to with intention, you know, decide how I'm going to spend this time because my own dad even retired several times. Because he retired and didn't have anything to do and felt really depressed. And so he went back to work and then he retired a second time as a doctor at at part time and finally fully retired and has found things he enjoys. But I think, you know, that time can be really hard on, on people's mood and mindset and emotions if they're not planning. What do you recommend to those of us, you know, who aren't retired yet, but will be there one day? Like, How can we start moving forward with goal setting in this way?
1: I'm really happy about that that question, Lisa, because I think there there are a couple of things that are particularly important. One is I think we have to accept the fact that uh, regardless of what perceptions you may have had before, uh, that old age can be a pretty pretty great time uh, if as you probably noticed on the back cover, I have one of my favorite quotes of my own, which is, If I knew how much fun old age would be, I'd have grown older faster. Uh, So I think it's something to, to, you know, look at as a positive thing. And then I always encourage people to start growing old early, uh, start growing older early, which basically means the habits that you establish uh, earlier in life, if you can continue to do what you're doing, you know, then it it makes it a lot easier and a lot more adaptable because among other things, you're going to be healthier. If you get in the habit of reading on a regular basis, if you exercise on a regular basis, you know, uh, spirituality, whatever kinds of things that you build in as habits, uh, as a younger person, they they become, you know, part of the the flow of your growth. So that the notion of reaching a, a particular age, You don't think about necessarily. Well, when I get to be sixty-five, then I'm going to eat everything that I want. Or when I uh, get to be sixty-five, I'm going to stop reading. (laughs) It makes no sense to say, "Well, when I get to be sixty-five, I'm not going to have some goals and some things to to drive me forward." So those are among the things that uh, I think are very important. Uh, I should point out that uh, because I, in response to the book, I've had many people who have discussed their own fears of getting older or known people who they don't want to be like when they get older. I've uh, uh, developed uh, another program, which will be online and, and will go next year or early in the year, called the Rejuvenating Revolution. Uh, and I would like to make your listeners I aware of else? it. There will be a, a free yeah. webinar. And then the an eight week course, which is not free, but will be uh, worth more than, than what people pay for. But anybody who wants to learn something about it, uh, if you can be, please feel free to be in touch with me at Ron Kaiser at the Mental dot com, and uh, we'll probably figure out some kind of bonus for for your listeners uh, when, when we go into the course again. We're Uh, it's committed to following through. So I would uh, have people book a call with me. And if they follow through again, if I know they came from, from Lisa, uh, we'll, we'll take care of you in some way. That's awesome. So what can
0: people expect to learn Dr. Ron? Well,
1: it's based on, well, it's, it's, the learning is based on some of the things that occur in the book, plus some other things that have been developed since, such as I have a, yeah. a thing that I call the rejuvenating pyramid uh, that's based on when you implement these, uh, these uh, various behaviors. Uh, if somebody wants to hear my TEDx talk, it's on YouTube, and that's where I introduced the pyramid. It actually came out last. Uh, I think it was last October or November of of 2019. So that has uh, a a way of building in these steps. And the other thing is that I want to make it very practical so that we actually will have some behaviors that people will choose. Uh, We'll monitor them. Uh, There will be some coaching calls. Uh, We're going to want people to become the best version that they can be and, as I say, to own the aging process because too long, Mm -hmm. for too long, the aging process has been seen as kind of a course of events that you react to. Again, one of the Ps of the type P personality is to be proactive, and so we want to own the aging process and control it and continue to grow as long as we're on this earth.
0: You know, Doctor Ron hearing you say that, I'm thinking as many factors as we can get out ahead of for ourselves, the better our aging process is going to be, the more gracefully we'll experience it, the more joy that we'll have and peace. And and your keys really touch on those areas. I don't I don't know that we got through all your keys, but I'm I'm looking at the key having to do with owning your body. Um You've spoken about appreciation and the role of spirituality and gratitude. You spoke about doing good, being of service. You've spoken about healthy eating. And what I really like that you even brought up eating breakfast and drinking water and how important those two simple things are for metabolism, just eating breakfast to jump start your metabolism every day and drinking as much water as you can.
1: Yeah, there's there's some really simple things with respect to healthy eating, and again, I think this is a pretty timely topic because I think during COVID, many people have been more sedentary and and uh, in the house and have had access to to junk food and so on that they may not be doing if if they physically went to. a a place of work and you know there there's several just really practical things that i'm sure are not new to you but the notion that if you that that you only eat in rooms that are designed for eating uh like the you know Mm -hmm. kitchen dining room so on where you're watching tv is usually not a room that's designed for eating and that if you're taking a snack uh take a limited number wrap up whatever container it came from put it back in the shelf of the refrigerator so that you have to mindfully go back and take it if you're going to uh, uh if you're going to as opposed to having, you know, a bowl of junk in front of you that you can mindlessly, you know, eat. So just making some things yes. a little more difficult. Um, you know, I uh, I'm
0: mindful, I hear you saying.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if we want to be mindful, we want to be intentional and that's the basis for health. I know uh, when I uh, when I first measured or weighed myself after I'd been home for most of the the time for for a few months, I'd gained about three pounds and uh, I knew I either could continue to gain or I had to make some kind of an adjustment. And I really learned that it isn't all that hard to not eat between meals. In fact, it's pretty healthy, I think, to fast between dinner and breakfast. Uh, and and again, I would emphasize what you said. Eating breakfast is probably the most underrated and important uh, healthy eating behavior that there is.
0: It is. There's so much research and science on that, on the benefits for starting your
1: metabolism and the fat burning process, and period. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's to not eat it is a bad habit. You know, if somebody uh, is, uh, if somebody's a smoker or a heavy drinker or something like that, uh, you'd want to discourage them from doing that. It's the same kind of thing here. If somebody neglects breakfast. I mean, that's not healthy. We've got to look at it. The fact that that it's a bad habit.
0: Yeah. And Dr. Ron, a last fact from your book that really, I didn't know, and it was illuminating is that over 50, I'm sorry, that the fastest growing age group is 85 and over. Wow. So how important your work is.
1: And certainly those listeners who are uh, in the younger age ranges, uh, the age ranges uh, again. I'm not sure that COVID isn't cutting into it somewhat, but the 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 lifespan is not reducing; it's expanding. And so, if you're <laughs> 20 or 30 or 50 or whatever, then by the time you get to be 65, uh, you probably will have a lot more than the 18 to 20 years. Uh, that that people turn 80, uh, 65 this year have ahead of them. So it's kind of uh, kind of dumb to not plan to uh, be active during that time because that's a long time. Uh, you know uh, a lot of us have trouble doing nothing for you know, if you get a long weekend. Uh, so imagine having twenty or thirty years of doing nothing. so it's it's Really important to build in the appropriate habit to go forward.
0: It is. And Dr. Ron, I appreciate your time with us today. What would you like to leave us with to conclude well, our time together?
1: Lisa, again, I think the, the key term is rejuvenating is the art and science of growing older with enthusiasm if you start out with the assumption that it makes a difference, whether you're enthusiastic, whatever you're doing, if you're enthusiastic about exercising, if you're enthusiastic about a relationship, you're going to be more all in than if you're unenthusiastic. People who are enthusiastic can, you know, this, this isn't a thing that you need a license for to grow older with enthusiasm. All you need is the desire and the commitment and certainly, uh, Anybody who wants to be in touch with me for either some practical advice or to consider joining the course or the webinar, it's ron.kaiser at mentalhealthgym.com.
0: Yes, Dr. Ron, and I'm holding up your book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm for Instagram viewers. I really enjoyed this book, and I'm so happy to know you. Thank you.
1: It's always a pleasure talking with you, Lisa, and thanks very much for having me.
0: You're welcome. I hope you have a good evening.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye now. That concludes my time with Dr. Ron Kaiser. You can learn more about him, including his upcoming course at The Mental Health Gym That's also the name of his podcast, The Mental Health Gym, that I was a guest on recently. Again, find me at nolatherapy.com, here on Instagram, Facebook, at NOLA Therapy. All my love to you. And I'll be back with you next week, Christmas Eve. Bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir,